and probably some young people here hear people talking, boy, getting old, wearing out, and say, well, it'll never happen to me. Yes, it will. It sure will. And every year makes a difference, it seems like, anymore. And thankful that we, we have life, thankful that the Lord has saved us, thankful for another day He's blessed us with, another privilege opportunity we have to be in His house. It's all about Him, folks. Amen. It's not about you, me, or anybody else, but it's all about Him. If you have your Bibles, I've got a few verses this morning. We'll go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. reading in verse 11. Ephesians 2 and 11. It says, Wherefore remember that ye being in times past, Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promises, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For He is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in His flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Amen. You may be seated. Now, of course, we know this is Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus. Uh, no doubt a bunch of people that were very near and very dear to Paul. Uh, when you go through the book of Acts and you read about Paul's missionary journeys and uh, the different places that he traveled, the churches that were established, uh, you'll find that Paul spent three years at Ephesus preaching and teaching uh, the Word of God. Uh, God moved mightily around Ephesus. matter of fact, we see, I think it's in the 19th chapter of the book of Acts, that it said that God worked special miracles by the hands of Paul insomuch uh, that they took handkerchiefs from Paul. And to those that were sick, they were healed. To those that were possessed, and the spirits were cast out of them. Uh, it's kind of like when we do prayer cloths today, kind of similar to that. Uh, but you think about the power of God being so strong in the ministry of Paul that just handkerchiefs sent from Paul or, or taken from Paul would have that same healing power of God. But it shows you the hand of God that was on Paul when he was in uh, uh, Ephesus there. And we also see that the, the church grew, the, the word of God grew mightily and it prevailed. And Paul wrote this letter during a time of his imprisonment. Uh, and this is one of those what they call the prison epistles. And he sends it to the church of Ephesus for encouragement. 
Now you think about this. Paul was one that they, no doubt they admired, they loved. Matter of fact, when Paul gathered the elders together and told them that he was leaving, there were a lot of tears that were shed. But you would think Paul being in prison that they would be writing him letters of encouragement. But yet what do we see? We see Paul writing them letters of encouragement. And Paul, even though he was in prison, Paul knew that it wasn't about this life. Paul knew what it was to be born again. He knew what it was to look forward to uh, the glory that waited upon him. And even in the, his time of imprisonment, he took that opportunity and that privilege to encourage those that he had ministered to down through the years and down on his journeys. But yet we see here Paul looking uh, or reminding the Gentiles here, as I read in the first verse, a little bit about their past, but also contrasting that to the assurance that they now possess, looking what they now have in Jesus Christ. And it was only because of one thing, and that I read in your hearing there, because they were made nigh or near by the blood of Christ. Amen. Folks, listen, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. I know the scripture says there is no remission, but it's speaking of sin there. But yeah, we're going to look at these verses and kind of see what Paul is saying here and, and what, he's, what he's showing the Gentiles here in Ephesus that he's writing to. And I know that we say we should never live in the past. Listen, it's all behind us in it, Audrey. It's all gone. He's cast it as far as the east is from the west. And I know Paul said we, we don't look back, but what do we do? We look forward. We look forward to that prize and we press toward the prize of the high calling of God or that mark in Christ Jesus. We even see Isaiah speaking to uh, God's people at one time and, and God is reminding them of what He done for the generations before them and He even tells them, don't, don't live in that, but you live in the promise that I'm making with you and going forward. But yet there are times that, that we need to think a little bit about where God has brought us from. We need to think a little bit about where we used to be and where we used to, to be headed and where we are now and where we're headed on this road with Jesus Christ. Now Paul said to them there very simply, remember that ye being in past Gentiles in the flesh, and Paul saying there, you know, we uh, those that were called the uncircumcision by the circumcision in the flesh, and we have to understand Paul talking to these Gentiles, and, and he's speaking of how they used to be treated or were being treated by the Jews. Now see, the Jews, they had a special relationship with God. You know, they were God's called people. Their heritage went all the way back to Abraham. And they took a lot of pride in that. Matter of fact, there was a time that Jesus was trying to show them some truths and teach them a little bit. And, and he began talking to them. And they said, well, you know, we're in our father, Abraham. You know, we're, we're good. We, we don't have any problems. We're all right because we're Abraham's descendants. And Jesus told them, well, you know what? Before Abraham was, he said, I am. And we even see throughout the Old Testament there were times that God's people, the Israelites, the Jews, whichever you prefer, that they thought, well, you know what? We're God's chosen people. He's not going to bring judgment on us. He's not going to get angry with us. But yet time and time again, we would see the judgment of God put on them just like anybody else. But yet these Jews, they, they called the, the Gentiles the uncircumcision and considered themselves the circumcision. And it went all the way back to that covenant that was made with Abraham. When God made that covenant with Abraham and his seed, a sign was the circumcision of the flesh. When these Gentiles were getting saved, they were uncircumcised individuals, and the Jews looked down on them and think they were as good as they were, and that they were superior to them, even though they were saved by Jesus Christ. Now that tells you and I something today. As we said, sometimes we need to remember what's in our past. 
and see where God brought us from. But also it shows us that we should never look down on anybody else that is not saved, nor should we look down on other Christians and thinking that we're a little superior to them or, or we're a little better than they are. We're none better than the other. And sometimes when we look at some of the unsaved people, folks, listen, I've heard Christians utter things and, and it may be something that they just want to say quietly or, or just, but you know what? Oh man, look at the life they live. I can't believe they do this and I can't believe they do that. What did you used to do? That's what we need to remember where we've been brought from before we start putting others down because of where they are. They don't have that relationship with God and, and through Jesus Christ that we have. But Paul talking there, the circumcision and the uncircumcision. As I said, those Jews would look down upon the Gentiles. They, they didn't consider them a worthy people of salvation in Jesus Christ. They didn't uh, consider them a, a, a people worthy of, of a walk with God. There was only group. You think about it, it's only one group that the Jews hated more than the Gentiles. And that was the Samaritans. And the thing about that is the Samaritans were half Jew. But yet they would look at the Gentiles and they would think, well, you know what? You can say you're saved and you can serve God, but you're not as good as we are. But Paul said, remember what you have in Jesus Christ. Now think about this. And we see that before being saved, these Gentiles that he's talking there, that's what he said in time past. He talked about the Gentiles there. Before they were saved, the condition they were in and what they had. Matter of fact, Paul talks about a few things here that, that, that uh, classified or, or characterized their life. And it's the same things that classified or characterized you and I before we were saved. And for anybody that's unsaved today, this describes how you are. Now listen to what it says there. He said you were what? You were without Christ. Think about that. No relationship with Christ. Not knowing Him personally as your Lord and Savior. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. You know what? To the best of my knowledge, I know somebody said, well, if you want to go back far enough, brother, we're all descendants of Abraham. But nevertheless, if we want to look at it today and understand, I don't know that there's any Jewish heritage in me. I don't know that there's anything in me that, that comes down to the flow of, of the Israelites or the nation of God's people. But there's one thing I do know. When I got saved, I got adopted into the family of God and I got grafted to that tree of the Jewish people, folks. I may not be Jewish by natural heritage, but by spiritual adoption today, I'm a child of God. Yeah. And listen, it even says, hey, hey, if he can draft that unnatural branch to the tree, how much easier can, can he draft the natural branch? Listen, there's many still out there of God's chosen people that are wandering, that are blinded, but one of these days, they'll be coming back to God. Amen. But then I thank God today that I know Him as my, my personal Savior today. So we say not only were they what? Without Christ. They were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Strangers from the covenants and promise. And look at this word. Having no hope. I have hope today. I have hope of a better place. I have hope beyond the grave. I have hope of a life where there's no more sickness, no more death, no dying, no more anything else that we, we face in this world. And I, and I hate to say this, because we give a lot of, of, of worship time over to this, but not going to be any COVID when you get to heaven, folks. And not only were we without hope, but he said, and without God in the world. You know, a lot of people, including myself, would look back and think, man, how did I make it without him? 
How did I make it without Jesus? How did I make it without, without God? We, we, we didn't have enough sense to realize that even when we were unsaved, listen, I'll tell you what, I look back at my own life and I can see times the hand of God was on my life. Even though I didn't walk with Him, even though I didn't praise Him, even though I didn't serve Him, and I wasn't saved, there were times, listen, there's no other answer but the hand of God that kept me saved. But yet He loves us enough, folks, because He wants to see us saved. Not willing any should perish, the Scripture says. But Paul said there, here's how you were in the past. Without Christ, aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But man, look at these two words. But now. You think about what Paul said there. How you, you think about what a miserable condition that would have been, folks, to be in a position and to be in a place uh, that, that we were without God and we didn't have any hope. Could you imagine that hope never being available? Could you imagine of being in a position that we could never be reconciled to God? Could you imagine being in a place that when we drew that last breath from this life that we lift our eyes up in hell and then the time came we were eternally cast away and separated from God without hope for eternity? Listen, that's what it's for. That's the way it was before God made a provision in Jesus Christ. Amen. Think about it. But now. Listen to what Paul says. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off, or what? Made nigh by the blood of Christ. And you think about it, folks. Everybody that's unsaved today, as I said, this is a description of it. Without God, without hope, without Christ. You don't have these things. You're a stranger from, from a relationship with God. Now everything may look good on the outside. Everything may look okay on the outside. Maybe you ever put on a good front and, and make everybody think everything's alright. But let me tell you something. You know deep down inside something's missing. You know deep down inside there's something you need that you don't have. And there's nothing that you've tried in this world that's given it to you. Nor is there anything you will try. I'm telling you that will give it to you. It's only through and by a true relationship with God. Through and by what? Jesus Christ. And how is that possible? You were made nigh by the blood of Christ. Think about that for a minute. We're made nigh by the blood of Christ. We're not made by or made nigh by baptism. We're not made nigh by coming to the house of God. We're not made by, by or made nigh by doing all the, the, the things that Christians do. But we're made nigh by the, the blood of Jesus Christ. And I'll share this with you. Somebody told me one time we was having a discussion. And he said, Preacher, you know you said it's not about baptism, but that baptism is symbolic. That water symbolizes the blood of Jesus. I said, I disagree with that because when you read the Word of God, it said it symbolizes the grave. That we're buried with Him in baptism and raised in the newness of life. Amen. That's what it's about. But we think about this today, folks. And, and you think about for those that are saved, no doubt God has blessed you time and time and time again. That old song we sing, count your blessings, name them one by one. Listen, if you start counting today, if you're like me, you'll never get finished. Because in the time that you're counting, He's blessing you again and again and again. But you think of all the blessings that God has put upon you and how God has, has taken care of you. There's never been a blessing or never a miracle as great in our life as the one when He reached down into that old pit in that miry clay and He pulled us up, set our feet on a rock, and established our goal. That's the greatest miracle that's ever been performed. Amen. You say, preacher, you mean that's greater than healing cancer? Absolutely. But see, somebody can be, be healed of cancer and still go to hell. 
You mean that's greater than, than taking care of somebody? And listen, the only way that we can get to heaven is through by Jesus Christ. Amen. We are made now. We are made near. We are given that relationship with God through and by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now think about this. He said once that they, hey, you were afar off, you were away from God, but look what he says. But now in Christ Jesus we're made now. Verse 14, for he is our peace who hath made both one and broken down the middle wall or partition between us. Amen. And what Paul is trying to tell these Gentiles here is look, you're no less than the Jew. You're just as precious to God as they are. There's no difference between you when it comes to salvation. Listen, the, the, the ground at the cross is level. We're all in need of salvation. And Paul said he's broken down that middle wall of partition that is between us. You know, back in the day when the Gentiles, they could come down to the temple, but they had to stay in the outer court. They weren't allowed to go any further in the temple. They had to stay because why? They were Gentiles. They weren't as good as the Jews. They weren't God's chosen people. But Paul is saying through Jesus Christ, that wall that existed between Jew and Gentile, that wall that existed even between man and God was broken down by Jesus Christ. And we read in the scripture there that what happened when he hung his head and said it is finished that the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. Not only did it give man access to God that was only available to the high priest prior to that time, but it also made an equality out of everybody. And Paul is saying, they're no better than you are. You're no worse than they are. And let them know that it wasn't about that circumcision of the flesh. That's what the Jews want to say. You're not circumcised. You're not as saved as I am. Well, you don't do this. You're not as saved as I am. You don't wear or dress like this. You're not as saved as I am. But he's letting the Gentiles know that it's not about the circumcision of the flesh. It's not about the outward appearance of man. But it's that circumcision of the heart. And that's what takes place when you get saved. He says you're circumcised in the heart and that's what is the important one. But he said he's made both. Uh, he is our peace and that he's made both one. And then he's saying there, you know, as we said, no longer are you confined to the outer court of the temple, but you have direct access with God through Jesus Christ. And to know that, as I said, the ground is level and salvation is for all people. And when it comes down to whether it's Jew, Gentile, whatever the background, whatever the history, whatever, wherever you come from, or you can chase your heritage back, maybe you can go way back many centuries and find out where, where your heritage is. But the thing about it is, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And nobody can get saved for you. Nobody can get saved in your place. You know, I got, probably shouldn't say this. You never know who's going to see it. I got tickled one time thinking about somebody I know. And they were talking about getting baptized by proxy. So what is that? Well, they teach that you can go get baptized for somebody else and they'll be saved. <laughs> So I started looking this up, started reading on it, and it, it was a real thing. There is a belief in that. But it's got to the point that it said that people were, and here's the thing about it, the more people you get baptized for, the more elevated you are. So people were going and just getting names out of phone books. I'm getting baptized for all these people. But it's not about somebody else doing anything for you other than Jesus Christ Himself. Because He was the one that was made to be sin for us, folks, that knew no sin. Yeah. 
That we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. And we need, and I, I want to drive this point home. I know it seems like I say it a lot, but we need to understand it. When Jesus Christ hung up on that cross of Calvary, He not only took your sins upon Himself, but He took your judgment upon Himself. Amen. I believe. Take it or leave it. Whatever you want. You may not believe. You may not see it the way I see it. But I believe that that three hours of darkness that enveloped the land when Jesus hung up on the cross of Calvary was the most intense suffering that He ever endured. You think about it. I, I believe it was so dark. And, and I know some of you, the coal miners, you've been in mines. I've been in there. If you've been to the exhibition mine there in Beckley, they even show you. They'll turn the light. I mean, pitch black. There's no, you, can't, you can do this and not see your hand. I believe it was that dark over Jerusalem that day. If you think about it, when, when the end of that three hours, what was said? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The intense suffering, your judgment, my judgment, was placed upon Jesus Christ. Well, preacher, if he took my judgment, then I don't have to worry about it. Not if you accept him. If you don't accept him, then that doesn't count for and we have to do that it's an individual relationship. Now listen to what he says. He, he uh, broke down that middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity or enemy, however you want to look at it, the law of commandments contained in ordinances. You see, the Jews had commandments and ordinances and traditions that, that they put up there that, that were equal, they gave equal weight to the Word of God. But he's saying all these ordinances, these traditions have been done away with. For to make in himself twain of one new man, so making peace that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross. Yeah. That one body in Jesus Christ, folks. And to understand that he said what? Having slain the enmity thereby. And came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them that were nigh. That it was for both of you. Not just the Jew, but the Gentile as well. For through Him, we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Think about that, folks. We're all one. There's only one church. Amen. There's only one family of God. There's only one God. Amen. One Spirit. Yeah. And you think about it now. I know down in this, this life that, that where we, we live and dwell, that there's churches everywhere. There's different names over the door. But for the truly blood-bought, born again, that are going to heaven, not going to be any stalls there, not going to be any separate congregations, but we're all one in Jesus Christ. Amen. And if somebody today, regardless of what they believe about certain things, practices, if you will, if they are truly ex uh, have accepted Jesus Christ, have been born again by the Spirit, uh, they, listen, washed in the blood, and, and are serving and walking with Him, we're in the same family. Yeah. Doesn't matter what's over the door. Right. Now, I know there's some things over the door that people don't practice the truth of being saved. But yet we have to understand in God, what did Paul say here? We're made one and because we're one through him jesus christ we both we all have access by one spirit under the father paul also talks about in one of his writings that the moment that we believe that word of truth that's preached to us he said we're we're given the earnest of the spirit sealed is what he says and you know what that means when i got saved 
That moment that I, I believed and when God drew me, convicted me and, and I opened my heart and, and, and accepted Him, I got filled with the Spirit. Yeah. I didn't have to come back a second time, a third time or whatever, but I got filled with the Spirit when I got saved. And to know that it's through the Spirit that what the Bible says, we have access unto the Father. Not only did, did God break down that wall, or was the wall broken down, that existed between Jew and Gentile, the wall that existed between man and God, as we said, was broken down as well. And we have free and open access to God. Why is that? Or how is that possible? Because we've been made nigh by the blood of Christ. It's the only way today. Is coming through and by Him. Once so far off, folks, we were all in that position. We're now made nigh. We're now made near. And to know that because of that, I'm reminded what the writer of Hebrews says. That we can come boldly into the throne of grace to obtain mercy or find grace to help in time of need. We should never feel ourselves in a way that, that we're not worthy of coming to God because in Jesus Christ, we are worthy. Because He was made sin and because we are made the righteousness in Him. We need to come to God because why? We have free and open access to God. You ever try to get somewhere and say, access denied? <laughs> or maybe even on your computer you try to get in a program, access denied? Or you're, you're, you don't have the credentials or you need to, to have this one do it or have it. Let me tell you something. If you've got Jesus... There's not going to be no access denied when you're coming to God. But you have access, and that access comes through your faith in Him. Listen, you might once think about when you were afar off. And think about what the results of that would have been had you left this life in that condition. But now, Paul says, we're in Christ Jesus, and we're made nigh by His blood as we stand. Amen. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Very simply today, folks, let me ask you a question. Have you been made nigh by the blood? Amen. <laughs> you become nigh to God by walking down to the altar. We invite you to do that. You don't become nigh to God by reading books and taking tests or following this direction, following that direction, or do this and do that. But how do we come nigh to God? Only through by the blood of Christ. The blood that was shed on Calvary over two thousand years ago is still as powerful today as it was when the first drop began to fall. And it's that same blood that will bring salvation to you. That's brought salvation to all those down through the ages. The same blood. There's a song that says it'll never lose its power. You better believe me, it won't. But here today, never been saved. Here today, never made that confession of Jesus Christ. Maybe one of the best men, one of the best women, boy, girl, whatever you want to look at, that's ever walked the face of this earth by man's standards. You're still in need of salvation. That only comes through and by Jesus Christ. Now I invite you today.
come down to the altar. If you're here today and say, come down. I think I related to you not long ago. I recall the night that I got saved like it was yesterday. And believe me, when I gave in to that conviction, as I stepped out of that aisle, I knew before I ever got to the altar, I was saved. Good old-fashioned altar, good place to go, good place to be. God's people gathered around you praying for you. But let me tell you something, coming to the altar is not what saves you. It's believing in your heart. In Christ Jesus, that God raised him from the dead. Confessing with your mouth, Christ Jesus. That's what Paul said in Romans. Christians today. There may be times the old devil wants to take us back to where we used to live. Think about what Paul said, but now. Where are you now? Not about where you used to be, where are you now? And what's in your future? Let me tell you this morning, our future is far greater as a child of God than it was when we were lost. God bless you.